This is Actualize Freedom, straight talk on growing clicks and conversions on Amazon FBA from people doing it every day. Now here's your host, digital marketing acrobat, Danny Kenji Carlson. What's up guys, Danny Carlson here with the Actualize Freedom podcast and hopefully the internet works out for us all right today. I'm over on Sambawa Island, which is a couple islands over from Bali and uh, for those of you watching on video, you can see... Um, the palm trees and the beach over there, literally in the background, about 100 meters behind me. So um, we're going to keep this one good and hopefully the internet holds out for us. We have Mr. Scott and he is an expert when it comes to coupons and a whole bunch of stuff. So I think that's a great place to start since a lot of Amazon sellers, they're wondering how can we use coupons to really maximize their sales on Amazon. It's one of those tools that a lot of people don't know if they should be using or really how to use them. So what's your experience with Amazon coupons? So um, I think it's been around for maybe about a year and a half, the uh, coupons. And But like this year, I actually had just a phone call with an Amazon employee and he told me a few different ways why Amazon coupons are a different marketing tool that should be considered. Um, think about sponsored products. That's what, uh, that's what most of the conversation around marketing is around. It's in uh, sponsored products, uh, they, they increase your discoverability. If people find your products because you're paying for, uh, for those clicks. Um, but what coupons does is actually very different. It's once people have found your product, whether organically or through advertising, they're going to see different things. And, um, they're going to see a badge and it's really uh, don't underestimate the, the, the power of a badge like that. It captures your eye. You know, um, it's, a, it's actually a pattern interrupt. If you're scrolling through on your phone and like in the one inch space, there's a green little badge. Like we pay attention to that. And so, um, so they increase click through rates. Like that's uh, something like, like sponsored products doesn't increase the likelihood of people clicking on it. It just affects its placement. And then, um, and then additionally, coupons increases conversion because when people are on your page, they, they feel that um, value add of like, they actually have to click on the coupon. If you've ever ran one before, um, you actually, once even if you're on your phone, you have to tap again to apply the coupon. And the act of doing that, um, I actually think leads people towards uh, converting on a product. And it's this perceived value add that we tell people about. When you get a great deal on a t-shirt or um, on whatever, you tell people, yeah, I got this half off. And the thing is, is like on Amazon, we fluctuate prices all the time. We don't tell the customers. This is a way to fluctuate your price and also tell them you're getting a better deal than normal. So um, that's why like it increases, it, it, it's, it's a benefit on both a click through and a conversion. And like, those are huge, you know, you, you, um, then an additional benefit on top of that is sometimes people click and they think they're getting the coupon, but they don't even, um, sorry, they, they feel like they're getting it, but they don't even click on uh, that button to apply the coupon. And so you're actually, your return on, like if you consider this like ad spend, your return will actually be a little bit more efficient because 
only about half the people, you know, in, in, in my, you know, we, we've read lots of coupons in, in, in my studies. Uh, we've seen that only half of them actually apply the coupon and end up getting that benefit. That's a really interesting, really interesting point there because a lot of people, they, they see the badge and you get the effects of the badge, but they're not actually taking the extra $2 off or whatever it is from the coupon, right? So you're getting that yeah. benefit no matter what. And for that reason, do you recommend that you use coupons on every single product? Like, is it just something that you should be using in some capacity or what is your opinion on that? So um, <clears throat> it's hard to find a downside outside of the fact that you're giving up margin. Um, I think in every aspect of the conversion and you know uh, click through, I think there's a benefit on all of that, except for you're giving up margin. And um, I have been told, but I have not experienced this, uh, that you can't just raise the price of the product $5 and then have a $5 coupon. They say that has to be the cheapest price within the last 30 days. I actually haven't seen that in effect. So I, I do think that you could raise the price $5 and throw a $5 coupon on and, uh, and I, I would love to see someone like do that test with a product and, and see its overall benefits. Of course, if you lose the buy box, that means you've priced too high and you don't want to do that. But um, I, I, I don't see a downside other than like it's obvious um, margin impacts because these coupons, you know, you're either doing a percent off or you're doing a dollar amount off. There's a minimum of 5%. So like if you have a $20 product, you have to do at least a $1 coupon. And all I see is upside. Um, and so, so for, um, we've done it in both, in two different ways. We apply coupons, you know, on a, trying to grow um, a product. And we've also done coupons with our stale inventory. We just like do a blanket, like minimum coupon on all of our stale inventory. And which is actually like hundreds of ASINs. Um, and I, I, I threw a, a minimum coupon on all of those. And we saw uh, that inventory, it just about double in sales. So it was our way of uh, just like pushing uh, stale inventory through and um, but of course like that's kind of a that's just one use case for it I think most people want to be thinking about how they can use that um, for building a product you know uh, if you are converting a higher percentage uh, absolutely that will increase its um, you know organic visibility yeah. Um, and is there a certain dollar amount or percentage that you think is the most effective? Like, um, obviously, the more discount you're giving, the more effective it's going to be. But I'm wondering, in your tests, what have you seen to be the recommended amount where you're not just giving up too much margin? Sure. Um, well, uh, the Amazon employee that I talked to, he's, his research said that a fixed dollar amount was more effective than a percentage. But I've also heard someone say differently that they actually felt that, uh, that they studied that the higher the number, the better. So like if you're doing a $1 off, that's um, less than say 20%. When people see that too, they, 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 they do that more. I lean slightly towards the dollar amounts because people don't want to have to do math. 
if it's a $25 product and you're, and you're giving them 15% off, they don't know exactly what that is. I'd, I would have to do math on that. And, but if you tell them $3 off, they know it. And that, and that goes straight to um, what they feel that they're getting off. I mean, sort what they feel that the, the value add is there. And so I lean towards the dollar amount. And then it's as much as you feel like is, is going to move the needle. You know, if it's $1 off of a, uh, if it's $1 off of a $25 product, that's not too much. Um, but if it's, if you're able to do $5 off, I think that's a big number to hit. If, if you have the margin to play with on your product, uh, I think if you got up to $5, um, you're hitting your, uh, sometimes I think of prices in like, in like, in like price bands, you know, one and $2 are almost the same like discount. But once you hit like uh, $5, you're all of a sudden it's a different um, a perceived value. Like, like this is a lot. Uh, it's, it's a significant mm. amount of money. Yeah, people can visualize what they can buy for $5, yeah. right? Like everyone knows like, hey, that $5 will get me that uh, the Frappuccino at uh, on my Friday at Starbucks yeah. or whatever it is, or yeah. it's going to get me something, right? And when it, whereas 15% off, I can say for myself that whenever I see a 15% off promotion, unless it's something that is like many hundreds or over a thousand dollars, I'm not really going to care very much. Like in my brain, it just is 15% is not a large amount, but conversely thousand dollar product and you get $150 off to me is like, Oh, 150 bucks. That sounds pretty appealing, right? And you can put 150 bucks in my pocket. 15% doesn't sound like anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, um, a $1, you know, I would do a $1 if I'm just like going for the bare minimum, like, you want that badge. Um, two or three dollars is you get that badge, and also there is a, a more of a feeling of like this is a, this is a deal. And then five dollars is like okay, we're talking real money. We're talking that frappuccino or even a you know a sandwich um, kind of benefit. Heck yeah! Over here in Bali, you could live off of uh, five dollars for your food for the entire day. So that, yeah. <laughs> maybe uh, you guys should be considering moving to Bali. Um, and another thing that I know that kind of ties into this that you have really good opinions on is profitability. So, I mean, obviously you want your your promotions and everything to ultimately be profitable. But what are some of the ways that you ensure that you are selling profitably? If you're doing coupons and other kind of promotions and all these other costs, um, you have to be tracking this pretty accurately just to make sure you're you're really moving the needle and making money or else you, you maybe you're losing money on every product you're selling, right? So um, what are some of the things that you do to ensure profitability? You know, um, I've been selling professionally for seven years and, and involved even longer. And I am still, um, I know this year have spent a lot of time around this subject, uh, trying to get our numbers because it, it was, this is actually really funny. Um, I just saw this Reddit post and it said like, you can call yourself, you can talk to yourself 10 years prior. You know, you know uh, if I would have talked to myself in, in 2009 and, and today for one minute, what would I say? And one of the things, like literally one of the first things that came across my mind is, um, you know, when you start selling on Amazon, get your accounting, uh, get your books in order faster. Don't stop. And 
Um, that's just because it's, we, I think we've operated in kind of a gray area. Like, you know, I could uh, know my FBA fees for a single transaction and I could like add up all these different things, but holistically, um, it was very, it was actually impossible for us to say, in, you know, in 2015, in January, 2015, did we make money that month or if so, how much? So, uh, I mean, I've talked to a lot of other uh, large sellers out there and like there, many people go through like their third or fourth accountants. This is not easy accounting. I don't know. I'm not trying to like scare people away more than like motivate them to get like full clarity of any like, um, uh, credits and debits that hit your, that hit your, uh, what you're getting dispersed, just know the ins and the outs. And there's some obvious ones that, that people miss. Um, I think, uh, the, the most obvious ones are the, the storage fees, that monthly storage fee. What does that mean for your bottom line? You actually really need to have a handle on that when it comes to Q4. I mean, right now it's October and all of a sudden our storage fees go up about three and a half times. And we, we are paying about a hundred thousand dollars in storage fees, just monthly storage fees. And like, um, if you, what's important is like, not only do you model that, but you, you, you model your pricing, knowing those costs, you're like, okay, this is our break even. This is including, you know, how much it costs us to, 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 to bag the product, to label it, to bubble wrap it. Um, that we have all our prep and shipping costs included in that. And then here's another one that um, I missed for years, like honestly did not know the full impact of it is uh, refunds. I, I was using um, the returned items report, you know, the returned FBA items. And I thought that was kind of the refund percentage, but I didn't realize that that report only shows the products for which people that issued a refund, um, that were issued a refund and also shipped it back to Amazon. There's a whole group of um, uh, refunds in which they don't ship it back to Amazon or they don't even have to. And um, so like, I didn't really know the, the, the correct refund percentage on an ASIN by ASIN basis until I started building it out of the payments report. And I mean, they, they've created this new monthly um, payments report and uh, it, it doesn't hurt to know what every line is, you know, like why, you know, what's going on? You know, what's your FBA fees? Are you modeling that correctly? Uh, what are the, re what are the, the, the different returns or refunds that, that occur? What are those different costs? because uh, they may vary, like whereas apparel, a lot of times you are paying the return shipping fee. And, Specifically on apparel. Um, yes, there are more reasons. You know, it actually varies by, by the reason that the uh, customer says they're returning the product. If they say they no longer want it, then they pay the return shipping. But if they say the item is defective, then you pay the return shipping and there's nothing you could do about that in, in FBA. And there are some scenarios where Amazon will reimburse you for this. There are some scenarios that they don't. And I don't necessarily think you need to like fight every single issue. 
um, because you can't, you can't stop people from returning for certain conditions. And, but more or less just like know how it's affecting your bottom line, add those all up. Um, we have a, a sports bra and it has a 20% um, return rate. This product is actually very profitable for us. Wow. But think about it. This is apparel where fit matters so much. And we had no idea. We were operating for a year on this line and didn't know that our refunds were up to 20%. The good news is um, we have really good margins with this and um, they generally come back in, in sellable condition. Um, whether Amazon deems it sellable or if it gets returned to us and we're able to repackage it, um, that's uh, kind of, you just, you just need to, you just want to know. I'm not, I'm not like advocating, you know, like this one is the most important, but that like, don't take shortcuts around this because, <clears throat> you know, all your ducks are going to have to get in the row. If you're going to be like us, you're going to end up paying too much taxes. <laughs> and then that gets even more expensive when you have to like, uh, when you, when you amend your taxes and you're saying like, actually we, instead of making this amount much, we made this much. And it, it's kind of like one of those things that um, as a uh, business owner, you just, you want to get on top of it sooner rather than later because it's going to help you make better decisions. This podcast is brought to you by Kenji ROI, a complete done for you service for your Amazon listing creation and optimization. Everything from product photography, including lifestyle images with a real model, graphic design images and studio images, to the copywriting and keyword optimization, to videos, and enhanced brand content if you're lucky enough to have brand registry. We also manage marketing when it comes to Amazon ads. And also, for some bigger sellers out there who might be interested in building a messenger list, we offer services creating the many chat funnels to follow up with customers for more reviews, to help build your own audience so you can launch new products to help rank for new keywords. Um, and there is Facebook ad management built into that as well for the right sellers. So if you want to learn more about Kenji ROI, head to K-E-N-J-I-R-O-I.com. That is actually my middle name, Kenji, with the R-O-I added onto the end. And it's a nightmare just to fix it too. Like I, my first two years in business, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't go to like business school or any of this stuff. And I just, all I saw was the price tag for a bookkeeper is like 400 bucks a month. I was do this myself. Like how hard can it be? Right. Um, turns out very hard. <laughs> it's very, very complicated. And the amount of time and money that I put into fixing everything was absolutely not worth saving the $400 a month for a bookkeeper. Just doing it right from the beginning would have been vastly, vastly a better decision. Um, and another complication that a lot of people don't really think about is the lag times between putting down money for shipments, for you know paying your manufacturers, the shipping and all that kind of stuff, and then selling the inventory and then actually getting paid for that is a pretty big lag time. So sure. if you're not accounting for that month to month, um, your profitability is just not going to look accurate at all, right? It looks right. like you're going to lose money some months, and then some months you just like crushed it and made it made a ton of money. So, can you speak a little bit to that, like just um, so, the importance of of factoring for that? Yeah, actually, what you're describing is um, one of the offensive advantages. Like, if you think about accounting, like you know, uh, 
where you can start to make strategic decisions because of your cash flow. So um, I am not the accountant, but I, I am the one that like touches our seller accounts. And so I'm building all these reports to give to our cash flow modeler. So we know, okay, on uh, right now, you know, it's Q4. I want to know how much, if, if say we assume the same sales trajectory that we're at right now, what's my cash position going to be at December 1st? And if you don't know an answer to that question, then it's going to limit the types of decisions that you can make. And so as you um, like say, depending on how you like to pay for things, you know, whether it's credit card or you have terms with suppliers, um, if you're able to model those with the, you know, the dates and, and you know, how much is coming in your account, it's, it's just a, it's a model. And when you, when you do that, it's going to help you make decisions and uh, start to realize what you can invest in and what you uh, don't invest in. Uh, we, we actually are like leaning into credit cards as much as possible. We probably put, um, let me think, <coughs> sorry, probably about three or $4 million on credit cards actually probably more, but we, we, we lean in really heavily on credit cards because we're able to get 2% cash back. And, but like credit cards, you know, they pose, and they also give you some sort of, you know, 30 day credit window. And if you're able to, to model that at the end of the year, that can mean um, a fair amount of, uh, uh, of extra money on top of what you're, you're earning. Yeah. I wish we could have access to credit cards like that. As Canadians, you Americans have all of the good ones with all the good points and and cashback terms and everything like that. Um, but even for Canadians, there's still something that is good there. And one really interesting thing about you is you have a software background. So you think in terms of automating businesses, in terms of how can I create a software tool that is going to help me automate this thing, um, which I think is a really big advantage in the e-commerce space. So tell me, what do you... As someone who creates software, how do you approach these problems of automation? Um, like, how, how do you decide whether this is something you want to hire someone for or you're going to create a tool for and, and approach that whole problem? You know, there's a lot of options that people have, and it could depend on their background. Um, you know, there's, it, say, say you're uh, uh, good with spreadsheets, but like you're not that interested in really going in deep into development. You can use a tool like Zapier, um, which does a lot of, um, it'll do automation between say like, uh, you actually can build coupons um, through Zapier. It'll take information from a spreadsheet and then it, you can automate um, certain clicks and, th and, and, and certain actions to happen through a tool like that, where you're not, you're not, you're not like into code Zapier isn't controlled that way. Um, it has its own control mechanisms, and that's probably um, a, a unique way to automate an Amazon-style business. But once, say, you get bigger, then you're going to need some tools. Um, there's a lot. I mean, when I started in 2012, the tools that are out there in the marketplace weren't there. You know, like there was no Scubana, there was no Jungle Scout, there. There was no Helium 10. And um, in some ways, that is uh, what gave our business a, uh, an advantage. But at the same 
it was just necessity. Like I had to build these things. And so um, if I were to start again, I wouldn't be, um, you know, building from scratch everything. But um, I do um, develop, uh, you know, that, that, that's my day job is it's just I, I'm in code. And so um, many of the tools that are out there, like I've had, I've either tried to build it or I have built it. Um, and to, it just kind of comes down to like, what are your, what are your, to answer your question, what are your uh, challenges? You know, um, if it's a, if it's costing you a significant amount of money, uh, you know, you could hire a developer and, you know, have a, a custom solution that's exactly what you want. Um, that's the advantage of going custom is you're gonna get what you want. It's gonna solve the exact problem. I can't tell me how many times I've heard people um, with their uh, software needs, they want, you know, one, two, three, and four. And they can only find a tool that does like two of those four features. And, Story of my life. And, and, and then they're <laughs> gonna find another tool to, to, to fill in the, you know, those others. And I mean, if you're, uh, when, when you're growing and if you see like your scale, where you're going to be in a year, is it worth this investment um, to, you know, to hire a freelancer or whatever and outline exactly what you, you want? Um, you know, there are some complicated tasks that might be, you know, a, a $30,000, $40,000 um, implementation. Uh, but then again, many of them might be much uh, smaller. Um, and, and, and then there's, there's everywhere in between. Um, here's a company that does interesting things. Um, they, they actually just focus on um, Zapier-like solutions. Um, they're called dataautomation.com. And um, they're definitely much more affordable. I am only recommending them just to open your eyes of like uh, of uh, how this type of automation can uh, can influence uh, you know being like a seller on Amazon. We actually all have similar problems, you know, uh, where we're trying to uh, make sure our Amazon account. Um, you know, we have to log in on Seller Central and like see reports and like make sure everything's in its right place, click certain buttons on the right days, like whether it's, you know, requesting your disbursement or uh, or um, aligning, you know, your your merchant fulfilled orders with, you know, your 3PL. Um, and in, in a lot of ways, uh, uh, like this company, they, they focus on solutions from that mindset and they 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 implement um zapier things um you know uh i myself have also have seen what other people do i don't know if this is a, a, a too much of a detour no, it's not really but like for example um your own reimbursements a lot of sellers are uh owed uh reimbursements for damaged inventory um if Amazon charged FBA fees incorrectly, because sometimes they'll remeasure your product and it's it's incorrect, and then they'll, they'll measure it again, and then they go back. And so, like for a while, maybe you did a, a 200 orders, and the FBA fee was a dollar high. Um, there are uh, services out there that that um, that do this audit process, and they weren't working for our accounts because of how how many different products that we carry, and so. 
I had to get in and just like probably spent two or three months and uh, develop a solution that was that was working and like where I, I could automate and see, you know, download all these different reports and and see where Amazon hasn't reimbursed us yet. Yeah, it's such a valuable thing. And I can't tell you how many times I've been searching for a specific software tool for, you know, the agency or Amazon or something like this and just can never find the perfect tool that does everything that I want. And try to I try to hack things together with a tool like Zapier to integrate everything together, but it's never quite perfect. Yeah. Right. And I've always wondered what it would be like if I did have the skill set of software or, you know, was partnered with someone who had that skill set just how much easier the process of setting up the business the way you want would be. Um, so I am a little bit jealous of that and actually ran into a very interesting gentleman here in Bali. He's a successful serial entrepreneur. He sold three businesses, I believe, at this point. And he just recently spent the last year and a half teaching himself how to code um, specifically so that he could get the first version of a software product out there um, to test the market and then, and then launch a SaaS product. But I think that really speaks to the value of that skill set, if someone who has sold three businesses already is willing to dedicate a year and a half of his time to learning how to code to create software, um, I think that just speaks for itself. Yeah, um, I, if, if I were to motivate people in that regards, like what you were just saying, I, I'm not one of those software developers that like loves to spend my nights and weekends doing this. I only jump into software to solve problems, and. Um, you know, if you have like a specific solution um, and um, you like let that motivate you to learn so that like you're like, okay, I've got this one Excel spreadsheet. I need to jump into it, pull this and then push it over here and let that one specific task motivate you to, you know, to to, to spend a week or two learning some of the basics until you can do that task. Yeah, absolutely love that. And can you give the audience a couple examples? Let's say that they're, they're very basic um, with their automations. Uh, they don't have any coding background. What are some, some really low hanging fruit that they could set up with a tool like Zapier, for example, that, you know, it's all drag and drop. It doesn't require you to type in any code, but you can still set up some kind of automation for an Amazon business. Do you have some examples? Sure. I mean, if uh, it just depends what you're doing at scale, you know, if you find yourself, uh, uh, you know, clicking or typing something out uh, 20, 30, 50 times a day, this is exactly the type of tool. Um, if you're a sizable business, you're getting a fair amount of feedback, seller feedback, you can, you know, you can jump in and um, if it's FBA, Amazon will actually remove them if you request it. So you could have, you could, you could have a solution that, that clicks through and says like request a feedback removal um, and then you don't have to check it again. Um, I think, let's see, I mean, there are, I don't, I was about to describe one scenario, but I'm like, I think there are other tools that actually can solve this. But I was gonna well, just like an example, yeah, just so, so people so, can kind of visualize. I mean, the first thing the, the first thing that I did when um, I jumped into Amazon is actually just download the orders report and start um, uh, configuring that. <laughs> you know, um, the, just your just your regular orders of being like, okay, I want to count uh, how many I'm selling of this. 
at what speed am I selling this? And can I crunch some numbers to predict a forecast? Um, can I be like, okay, I've been in stock for 10 days and I've had 20 sales. That means uh, for October, you know, I'm going to need uh, 60 units or, or maybe it's Q4. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a multiple and I'm going to do 90 units. Um, that was the first thing that I did. And then also, you know, you, and then I was just tracking profitability. Um, the, the, those are like some like basic, like it actually can tie back into um, the accounting that we were talking about a little earlier is you should be using automation to um, uh, get more confidence in your accounting so that like, you know, you're not counting every single transaction every day that you're, you're aggregating, you know, these certain costs in, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a solution that scales and that's like repeatable. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Um, especially when it comes to the numbers, automating those kind of things, because that's so much data entry that um, data entry not only is very time consuming and brain numbing, but also opens you up for a lot of errors, right? You miss one line item that uh, accounted for 10% of your entire calculation and you're just, your calculation's screwed, right? So definitely want to, uh, reiterate the importance of that well and i do have before we uh, before we wrap things up here um one tool that has been really great for it's not necessarily an automation but it's called phrase express and it's a compository of a bunch of phrases that maybe your customer service would be typing to people um or just like full email templates and everything and your entire team can download this and use the same database of these templates. And all they have to do on their computer is press like alt space and then just choose whichever template is there. Um, so, you know, that's good if they're responding to people on Amazon's platform, through Facebook Messenger, through like email, like wherever they're communicating, they can get all these templates out to whoever is there. So that's a really good, uh, there's no reason why everyone here can't set that one up. Really good tool, it's called Phrase Express. Um, and awesome, Scott. It's been great having you on here. Lots of good insights when it comes to coupons, profitability, and automation for people who want to just get a better handle on their business and better insight. So tell people if they wanted to reach out to you online or learn more about what you're doing, where's the best place for them to do so? Well, so uh, most people actually interact with me on Instagram. Um, my handle is at smartest seller. And, you know, I... And sometimes I'm posting education. I talk FBA a lot and sometimes it's funny and silly. Sometimes it's like actual information. I've um, had a lot of really good interactions with people. I learn a lot from other sellers there. Um, I mean, I, uh, let's see. So that, that reimbursement service that I talked about, you know, uh, it's called Valence Services. I'm always happy to talk about that if people are like, have questions around that. Um, and those are mainly the, the, the two places that I talk. Um, I have actually really appreciated listening to your podcast. I listened to the, the, your more recent episode of Liren and uh, there's a lot of really good stuff there. I've also been podcasting this year. Um, my podcast is the most humble name I could find. Um, it's the smartest Amazon seller and um it's it's been great and i i, I could tell your show has really done really well and i could i could tell it's, it has really good quality so really impressed and, and i'm hoping to learn more from you i mean I, your, your site i kenji is it kenji roi yeah 
yeah, those emails are like, they're spot on. Some good advice right there. Awesome, guys. Yeah, if you haven't joined my email list, get on there. What are you waiting for? I got lots of good emails to send you guys, lots of good content, and uh, also send out all the Actualized Freedom podcast episodes there as well. And as a good reminder, too, if you haven't left a review for the podcast and you think this kind of stuff is awesome, you think Scott has provided a bunch of value here, then I would really appreciate a five-star review. Um, And just make sure that it's five stars or else I'm going to have my feelings really badly hurt. Um, So, you know, we can't be having that, guys. So if you guys want the show notes, check them out at actualizefreedom.com. And we'll have links to everything Scott mentioned there. If you want to reach out to him, definitely follow him on Instagram at Smartest Seller. And until next time, take care. This podcast is sponsored by the Helium 10 suite of tools. And we at Kenji ROI have been using Helium 10 for more than three years now. They have so many tools packed into one. I don't think that there's a better value Um, And we use it all the time for ourselves and our clients, so we can actually recommend it from real experience. We use their keyword tracker to see how our product launches are doing, the keyword indexing tool to ensure that you're actually showing up for your main keywords. Super, super important step right there. And also Magnet and Cerebro, a really powerful combination for finding keywords your competitors are using or just finding new keywords to put into your listing in general. You should be using this on you know, at least a monthly basis to see if any new keywords are coming up um, because new searches are coming up all the time, guys. Like people are searching on Google. Um, I forget the number, but a huge percentage of those searches are brand new, never been done searches. So if you guys want a discount code, you can use 50 Kenji ROI for 50% off your first month of Helium 10 or 10 Kenji ROI for 10% off for life. So that's a pretty good discount. You might as well. Um, We use them and recommend them for years. So if you guys need that, you guys will definitely get good value out of Helium 10. For show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit KenjiROI.com.